message to preach today. Before I do, I'm going to ask, is there anybody that would like to give a word of testimony tonight? Well, I do. I want to give God glory and praise. I want to give glory to God and worship Him and praise for healing me. Even if it was by a stint, you know, God is the one that gave the doctor the wisdom and knowledge to do what they've done. So we thank the Lord for that today. I thank the Lord that I have another good report now for my health. I believe that I'm going to be doing a lot better in the days ahead because you're going to probably see a lot less of your pastor here in a short time. And what I mean by that is I'm planning on losing weight. So I'm down to 187. I started at 225. So God has been blessing me in my weight loss program. So I'm thinking that by the next two or three months, I'm hoping to be down to 155. And we'll see if that happens for me. But anyways, just keep me in prayer that I'll eat right and I'll exercise like I'm supposed to. And sometimes when you get a stent put in, they put you on uh, rehab, but they didn't do that this time. And so anyways, uh, that would be one of the ways I'd make sure I got my exercise in. Mm -hmm. But like I said, that's... Uh, I'm going to be doing what I can to get out and walk and stuff like that. And uh, so if you would, just keep me in prayer. I would appreciate it. Anyone else want to give a word for God? Amen. Glory to God. All right. If you have your Bible, I'd invite you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 20, 24. Joshua chapter 24. I want to let you remain seated today since there is quite a few verses I'm going to read. But otherwise, I would have you to stand. Chapter 24 of Joshua, beginning with verse number 1. Lord, could you bring me my water? Thanks, Pastor Paul. Joshua chapter 24, beginning with verse number 1. It says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and, and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, 
your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him through, throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt, according to what I did among them. Afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and came, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And I brought you out, brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he continued to bless you, so I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergeshites, the Hathites, and the Jebusites, but I delivered them into your hand. I sent a hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We ask, Lord, that you will enlighten us as to what it means to our lives in the year 2023. I thank you, God, for directing our steps for everything we do and say to be done for your kingdom's glory, honor, and praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, as I was studying for this message, God gave me some things to say about those verses that I just read. One was that his, his hand of blessing was upon his people. As long as they walked in his way and kept his statutes and his commandments and didn't fall into idolatry or anything else like that, God was with them and he protected them. He preserved them. He took care of them. He, he watched over them. He guarded them. He, he was everything that he needed to be to them and, and more. And so we thank the Lord that he was with the Israelites. Well, the same thing holds true for you and I today. He's still with us. He's watching over us. He's keeping us. Yeah. He's guarding us. He's got his hand of protection all around us. The Bible talks about that he sent, has sent his angels 
to go right surround you and to guard you and watch over you. And you know what? We ought to be thankful for that today. Because like I said, his hand, what, what it seems like Joshua, God was using Joshua to do, because he said, thus saith the Lord here. So it was from God himself that he was saying to the people, because it would even use the word I, and not I, not as in I as in Joshua, but I as in God am speaking to you. Anyways, he was saying, you know, that he's done, he was giving them a history lesson, I guess you could say. He was reminding them that from all the way back from Abraham to God calling him to all the way through the present day at that time and, and place, he was, with, he was reciting what he had done for his people. He had given them victory over their enemies. God is still doing the same thing today, today for his people. He's giving us victory over our enemies. Whether they be fear, anxiety, depression, physical health, or infirmity, whether it's financial struggles and woes, whatever the case is, God is with us. He's with our minds. He's with our hearts. He's with our emotions. He, he's watching over every part of your life. And I thank God that he is today. I thank God that he gave the doctors the wisdom and the knowledge to go in and do an angiogram instead of just doing another stress test. Because all my tests, anytime I even had a heart issue, has always come back normal. But yet, the doctor had sense enough to send me in for an angiogram. That's where they go inside of you and take a look around in your heart with this camera. And all of a sudden, they spotted the blockage. And so it's something that a stress test or any other kind of test I did probably wouldn't have diagnosed it. So I'm quite grateful that God gave them wisdom in this case. But now I'm fine as a fiddle, praise God. I give God all the glory and honor and praise for it. But what I'm trying to say to us today is this, folks, that we need to continue to walk in the ways of God. Because as long as they did, God was with them, and he'll be with us as long as we're living for our lives for him, as long as we're serving him, as long as we're being dedicated to him and making ourselves a holy vessel that he can work in and through to do things for his kingdom and his glory and his honor. Hallelujah. So anyways, that's what I felt like God telling me to say concerning those verses that we just read. So now I'm going to move, press on and move into verse number 14. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to serve the Lord, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, that's what God is looking for today. He's looking for people that's willing to put away the false gods that we may be worshiping today. You know, I looked up the word mammon, and it talked about it being wealth. 
But you know, mammon is actually anything that you put in front of God. In other words, uh, you can put your house in front of God. You can put your job in front of God. You can put your spouse or children in front of God. There's, there's many, there, you can especially put money in the place of God. Like it says in the scripture, mammon. But what I'm trying to get across is this, is that, oh, excuse me, folks. All right, praise the Lord, I'm back. <laughs> uh, but you can, especially money, you can put in front of God. That's why we misquote that verse sometimes that says that money is the root of all evil. Actually, what it says is the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. In other words, you can come to the place where you put your faith and trust in things and not in God. He's your, God's your security, not your finances. Not your house, not your family, not your friends, not anything other than God. God is your security in this life. And he will be in the next life as well if you're a Christian. But what I'm here to tell you today is this. God gave me a couple of passages of scripture to take a look at to, to drive this point home a little bit further. One, you can turn there with me if you want. Otherwise, you can just hold what you've got. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, for moth and dust rust destroyed and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal now get this for where your treasure is where your treasure is there your heart will be also in other words, it's going to show you if God is the most important person or thing in your life or if it's something else. Because we can definitely make other things and other people and other situations the God of our life instead of God himself, God Jehovah. So I would encourage us today, folks, to take to heart these words that we just read because I don't want my heart in this world. Matter of fact, I want to read another passage of scripture here in a minute that kind of drives this thing home even further. But you know, too many people today are looking to be satisfied with the things of this world and not with God. That's why it says that, that, that we need, that's why it teaches us that we need to keep God first and foremost in our life. Because where, where's your focus this morning? Let me ask you that. Where's your focus this morning? Let me read to you this other passage of scripture now and, and see if you can kind of grasp what I'm talking about. 
The other verse that I'm talking about, the other passage of scripture I'm talking about is Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse number 13. It says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Matt, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of, him, of you. Then whose will all those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. In verses 16 through 20, it says that Jesus enforces his message with a parable, underscoring the danger of materialism. In other words, if that's where your focus is, you're going to miss out on, on possibly miss out on heaven. Because the Bible says this also. It says that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You know, because what happens is a lot of times when people get a lot of money, a lot of wealth, they, they begin to look forward to that and say, well, okay, well, because of this, I'm fixed for life. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm like I need to be. Just let me tell you a real quick story about one of my uncles. His name was, uh, well, let's not get into names. But it, he, was, he was my uncle. And uh, anyways, he was a very rich man. Him and his wife both. Well, his wife, as long as his wife was alive, he was following after God, and so was she. But then whenever she passed away, his whole focus on everything changed. When she passed away, it's like his whole world crumbled around him, and he just turned to the dark side, so to speak. And he began to live for himself and to live for pleasure and nothing more. He started going places he had never been to before. He started talking like he had never talked before. And let me tell you something, folks. He, he was a totally different person. His focus was on his money. I don't. I haven't heard from this uncle in so long. I couldn't even tell you right now whether he's alive or dead. But I do know unless God did a work in him and he changed him, if he has gone to eternity, I pray that he found Jesus before he went. But like I said, this, this man, he had put his whole life into his money. He was so proud of everything that he had. He wouldn't take his family on vacations. He, he wouldn't uh, spend any money that he didn't absolutely have to. And 
He taught his son to do the same thing. His son, I know, is in eternity. I believe he's in heaven, but I don't know for sure. But the son is. But anyways, my point in all this has been to say this. That this man in this parable was looking to his money. And his, his focus was out of whack. His focus wasn't on eternity. It was on temporal things. And that's what we need to avoid doing. We need to avoid a worldly mindset in the life that we're living now. Because all that's going to do is lead us to disappointment and discouragement and depression and anxiety, fear, all those things and more. And it can actually cause physical illness in your body if you have those kind of things. Such as I heard that ulcers can be caused by worry. So what I'm saying is, is that we need to get our focus right, folks. We need to be keeping our eyes on the Lord. And that's how we're going to stay serving Him. And that's why we just got through reading in verse 15 of Joshua 24. That's why we just got through reading that Joshua had been encouraging the people to seek the Lord and to reverence Him and to make Him the most important person in their life. Because he, fit, he ends verse 15 with, But as for me and my, my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's the way it's been in my my family ever since me and my wife got married. We've been serving the Lord. I didn't always serve the Lord. Now, my wife pretty much did. She got saved when she was rather young. I didn't get saved till I was 27. So, I mean, I, I backslid big time. When I first came to know Christ at 15 years of age, I backslid so, backslid so bad I wondered, now, if I ever really was saved like I thought I was. But anyways, I know that I came to know Christ at 27. And here it is, I'm 64 now. And I'm still serving the Lord, praise God. And I'm just trying to tell you this. That ever since I've been married, 32 years ago, me and my wife have been serving the Lord. And we've brought our daughter up to serve the Lord. And she's doing that today. She's a Christian herself. And she's... Uh, She's a wonderful Christian lady, and I appreciate her, and I'm so proud of her. And I tell you what, God is going to do the same for people that will serve him. And that's what we're going to look at next. We're going back to Joshua chapter 24. You just thought we were done. <laughs> Joshua chapter 24. Beginning with verse 16. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites, who dwell in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions, nor your sins, if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods. Then he will turn and do you 
harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you, and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. You know, to fear the Lord is to reverence and respect the one who loved us and who, but he's also is a just God. The word served is used several times in verses two, 14 and 15. It means to give allegiance exclusively to God. That's, and that's in my Bible, when I've just read to you the past couple of times. That's been in my Bible. I, I did not write any notes down at all whatsoever on this sermon. So, anyways, God wants us to understand that our allegiance belongs to him. You know, we do the Pledge of Allegiance when we say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Notice that it says, I pledge allegiance. In other words, I'm going to give my full-hearted devotion. And that's what I'm going to do with God. I'm going to give my full devotion to Him and make Him the center of my attention. Not things, not possessions, not money, not family, putting it them before Him, not anything before Him. In other words, my whole life is dedicated to serving God and doing His will, whatever that might be. For right now, it's being the pastor here at Plural Assembly of God. And I'm going to continue to be so, and hopefully until Jesus comes. Because I hope I don't go by the way of death, but if I do, I know I'm ready. And I'm about to give an altar call, which we let you have the opportunity. Because right now, the only ones that is going to make it to heaven, it says in the Bible, it says, for all that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. You've got to make it all the way to the end, to the finish line. You can't pull up short. Even if you get a hamstring, limp across the line. Because you've got to make sure that you're going to make it to heaven. And because otherwise, you're hell bound. And hell, there's nothing there for us as Christians that we want. Because hell is going to be eternal flames. Burning, 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 burning. It's never going to go out. It's never going to get quenched. And I tell you, I don't wish that on anybody. Not even on my worst enemy. I just want everybody that I know to get saved. And that's why I make an effort to tell people about Jesus. David can attest it testifying to this the other day when I was in the hospital, I made sure, I asked the nurses that were tending to me in the emergency room, uh, or no, maybe it was the hospital. It was the hospital. Anyways, I made sure that they knew Jesus. I asked them if they had an encounter with Jesus, and they said they did, and they both said that they go to church. So, well, one says she watches her church online. The other one said that, uh, but she said that I am definitely saved. And the other one said that she's saved and 
she has a church that she goes to. And uh, so anyways, my point is this, is that if we're dedicated to serving God, we're going to do what he wants us to do. And it's his desire that we tell others about Jesus. Amen. I heard, uh, heard it said once before by a wise man that tell people about Jesus at all times. And if necessary, use words. In other words, that means that just by my life, people should be able to tell that I'm a Christian. They should be able to know that I serve a living God. They should be able to see that I'm a Christ follower, that Jesus is the Lord of my life. And that's what I'm saying to us today as I'm closing out. That we need to be sure that we know our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that our allegiance is, is to God. Our full and complete devotion and obedience is owing to him. Because he's the one who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal salvation. At this time, I want to ask if there's anyone here present or anyone on Facebook Live right now that would be willing to say, Pastor, I know that I'm not living for God the way that I should be. I know that I maybe have once had a close relationship with the Lord, but I've drifted away and I'm far from Him now, and I need to come home. If that's, and if you think you're hell-bound today, especially, you maybe there was something that the Spirit of God spoke through me this morning that touched you and made you realize you need to accept Jesus before it's too late. If that's you this morning, I ask that you repeat this simple little prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus. I thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. I thank you for your salvation that comes only through Jesus Christ. I pray that you would help me from this day forward to live my life in a righteous and holy manner. Forgive me of all my unrighteousness. I love you so much. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being in attendance today here in person as well as Facebook Live. We pray, dear God, that God would just bless you in an abundant measure. And once again, we invite you to come and be a part of what God's doing at our church here at 201 West Royce Boulevard, spelled R-E-U-S-S. -S. Anyways, we'd love to have you. And service begins at 930 for Sunday school. 10.30 morning worship. We have Sunday evening service at 6 p.m. And we also have Tuesday night prayer meeting, intercessory prayer meeting at 7.14 on Tuesday night. So that being said, we, we love you. We appreciate you. And God bless you. And we'll see you next time.